All right, ladies and gentlemen, today we're going to talk about two words. Two words that great coaches in our industry are getting more and more comfortable using and are really exploring. Okay. And because of this, we are changing the landscape of the fitness and coaching industry. Um, And if you understand what these terms really mean, what they really mean, and you can use them confidently in your coaching practice or your business, your clients and your potential clients will automatically assume that you are a high level professional. And they'll be right. Okay. These two words scare a lot of coaches and sometimes so much, in fact, that they'll go to great lengths to not use them at all. Okay. But coaches that are starting to see their business and practice through this lens are evolving into the next wave of health and fitness leaders in our industry. The words, the first word is suffering. The second word is healing. And I'm going to break it down for you right now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 023 Radio, the only show in the industry that focuses on optimizing the other 23 hours of the day, so you can transform your clients and your career on a whole new level. This show is for seasoned coaches and experienced leaders in the health and fitness industry to engage in professional level discussion on all things regarding bigger impact for our clients, better incomes for ourselves, and real meaningful influence in this loud and crowded space. Here we go. Okay, so that first word, like I said, is suffering. And when we hear this word, we tend to think of, you know, extreme pain and sorrow, right? Like, you know, third world countries that are poverty stricken and or people who are physically and mentally disabled or have experienced some, um, you know, horrific tragedies and things like that. And and that's not really the case. I mean, obviously, there's suffering in those cases also, but that's not the way that um, we're going to be looking at it right now, and that's not the way I define it, right? So uh, I have some definitions that I'm going to share today, uh, one for suffering and one for healing. They are my own definitions, and um, like I do throughout our, our program quite a bit is I have definitions for certain things, that words we use, but I kind of explain a different way. Um, these definitions are maybe not like, you know, bulletproof. If you wanted to really pick a couple holes in them and fight me on it, you probably could, but that's not the point today. I think, um, they will do a a sufficient job. Um, so suffering, the first definition is suffering. Okay. And the way that we define it here and the way we're going to use it in this conversation today is that suffering is a prolonged discomfort or unhappiness that affects us and the people around us negatively. Okay, so I'm not talking about like your favorite TV show got canceled or your team lost in the playoffs, okay, (laughs) or some like bad external, like external bad luck or misfortune. Okay, that's not that's not what causes suffering. That's just kind of being bummed out or upset. Okay, I'm talking about physical limitations, being overweight, ashamed of ourselves, fatigue, depression, uh, depressive tendencies, low self-esteem, insecurities, anxieties, insomnia, etc. Okay. And, and many more, obviously, and we'll bring up some other examples later, but I want to start by making one thing very clear. And that is that every single person on this earth is suffering to some degree. Okay. And that's regardless of how much money they have, how, or how beautiful they are, or how stable their 
family appears on Instagram or their job. Okay. You know, they have a great job or whatever it is. Everybody. That means everybody. That means me. That means you. That means everyone in your family, friends, uh, business, everybody. Okay. And definitely don't let the big boxes fool you. So I, I mentioned, you know, money and houses and families and jobs and all these things. And, um, many times that can be the opposite, right? We kind of, how could this person be uh, unhappy or suffering, right? They have everything. And, uh, speaking from personal experience, very, very short antidote, but, um, at the, probably the time in my life where I had the most boxes checked, I had a very successful business. I was about to be married to the girl of my dreams. I was competing at a high level in CrossFit. I was competing at a high level in another uh, sport, sport of life-saving. I had won several national championships. I was traveling the world. Um, and, you know, from the outside perspective, or really even from my own perspective, I had everything and I was, you know, everything I needed to be absolutely happy. And yet at this point in my life, I was actually at one of my lowest states. I was emotionally drained. I was mentally fatigued. I was physically breaking down. I was stressed. I was uncertain, uneasy, a lot of things. Right. And I got, and it got to the point where I actually decided to make big changes in my life um, because I knew it was bad, but I didn't even really know how bad it was until years later now in reflection. And now that I've sort of recalibrated what great feels like. Right. Uh, But anyway, so that's just a, a little anecdote there. Like I said, Um, but back on the topic. So when it comes to suffering, another important thing to note is that we actually choose to suffer. Okay. Uh, yes. So suffering is something we decide to do based on external, external circumstances. Now this doesn't mean it's always a conscious decision, right? It rarely is actually. Um, and the causes are many times deeply imprinted in us from, from childhood or, you know, events of the past. But ultimately, we can always choose not to suffer anymore. We can always choose the level of suffer. And, uh, but it takes a lot of work, okay? But just some quick examples to show the differences um, and how the external circumstances don't really matter. It's how we choose to see it. So, like, we mentioned those third-world poverty-stricken nations or cities. And, you know, we've you, you would imagine, you know, with a lot of times... Um, inadequate food supply, inadequate, you know, plumbing and shelter and all these things. Yet many times you'll find that these, a lot of these societies can be quite happy and they can be very loving. They have a lot of dancing and singing and tribal type feelings and all this stuff. And then you look at places right here in America, New York and Long Island specifically where I'm from, and we have these upper class neighborhoods um, where you think they wouldn't have a worry in the world. And they're stricken by depression and anxiety and suicide, right? So they're literally suffering to the point that they can no longer bear to live. That's the absolute extreme polarity, right? And that's really heavy. So, um, and it just goes to show that it's, it doesn't depend on the external circumstances. It depends on, uh, on our viewpoint and our perspective. But, um, so no matter what is causing the pain, Okay, we're always choosing the level of suffering. And this can get very deep and very nuanced, right, of what's the, you know, what's the pain and what's the suffering, okay? And as coaches, it's not, it's not our duty necessarily, in most cases not our duty, to dig through to childhood traumas and emotional wounds and, and, and stuff in that kind of way. And I'm not saying, so I'm not, you know, that's not the point of this discussion. Um, 
but the, 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 it's kind of the point of this discussion though, actually, is that, um, we don't need to go to it at that level, but it's actually eliminating, we want to eliminate the idea that just because we aren't therapists or shamans or whatever, and we aren't trying to heal deep rooted conditions or generational traumas doesn't mean that we aren't still able to help people heal and end their suffering. Okay. So moving forward in this conversation, we're going to be referring to the general everyday pain and discomfort and unhappiness that we inflict on ourselves and perpetuate through our daily actions and habits. Okay. One of my teachers um, actually recently said this to me and it really stuck, uh, struck home. And I don't have the exact words, but something along the lines of every single person on earth is suffering. And the primary motivation in everything we choose to do is to suffer less. Let me say that again. Every single person on earth is suffering, which we already talked about. Zero exceptions. And the primary motivation in everything we choose to do is to suffer less. Okay? So everything we do is to try and suffer less. So when it comes to some of the suffering we're talking about, again, we're not going to get you know the pains and discomforts and the unhappiness and, dis- and suffering that we're talking about here. Um... You know, there's physical, there's mental, there's emotional, and there's spiritual, right? So physically, we have things like just fatigue and low energy and chronic pain and obesity and weakness and, you know, the actual sickness and disease, cardiovascular, um, diabetes, uh, all the different, you know, things that have names and conditions. Uh, And then mentally, we have, you know, overstimulation. We have short attention spans. We very trouble focusing and being present. We have anxiety, we have depression, we have victim mentality. Um, emotionally, we suffer from shame and guilt and lack of self-love and self-care and judgment of ourselves and others and lack of confidence and worry. We worry, worry, worry. And then spiritually, right, we feel unworthy or undeserving to actually not suffer. Like we, we, we feel we deserve to be in pain for some reason. Or, you know, we have this I don't care type um attitude like when we talk about eating right and sleeping right and we just don't care about doing those things properly and as we talk about at length in the course of how that's deeply rooted in in our spiritual well-being that we don't uh, have care for ourselves and love for ourselves and then we have things like regret and um, fear right fear is the big one where we many of us operate out of states of fear so Everything we do, though, is to try to rid ourselves of these things, like all of the actions and decisions that we make. Um, and we, kind of, we do this in two main ways, in two very different ways, right? One is we try to fix or heal the pain. Um, the other is that we try to escape the pain, okay? And when we heal, we address the problem head on and work through it, okay? And in doing so, we typically heal many different in in many different ways right so across all four domains like we mentioned so that's the big difference we address the problem head-on and when we do that and we address it and we work through it and we start to grow and transform we start to realize that the healing isn't just in that one problem it starts to trickle into all four domains that we we previously mentioned in ways that we probably never would have expected now when we on the opposite side the polar opposite side when we escape or numb or run from the pain we tend to make things worse across all four domains, even if it feels like temporary relief, right? So maybe we're turning to substances or, um, 
you know, even just, you know, like actually hard substances, you know, maybe other substances that are not as hard, but still damaging, just even uh, a lot of our other escape type habits like social media and other social related things that we do that kind of feel like temporary relief, but are actually causing some of these other areas to get worse and worse and worse, right? So that's the main difference between um, you know, healing the pain and, and, and numbing the pain. Okay. And that's the same thing with medicine, right? You've heard me talk about in the past, how real medicine, real medicine brings problems to the surface to be dealt with head on. Okay. As opposed to most things in our society that we consider medicine that are actually just make the symptoms go away. Okay. They relieve us of the symptoms. That's very, very different. Okay. Only one of those is medicine. It brings problems to the surface, which can be very uncomfortable. It can be very painful. Um, it can be very challenging. But that's how we fix them, right? So relief is not healing, okay? And escape is definitely not healing, okay? So back to the coaching side again. Um, so, you, you know, you might be thinking, like, how can I fix these things? Like, I'm not a healer, right? This is outside of my scope. This is, I'm a coach. Like, I'm not a healer. I'm not a surgeon. I'm not a doctor, uh, yada, yada, yada. And I get it. I, I get that, right? I get that that's our knee-jerk initial reaction. But that's why I decided to you know, record this podcast to talk about, it, right? Um, that's what we're here to talk about, how to, to maybe shatter that belief a little bit. And... Um, so with that, I think that this next line, the next thing I'm about to tell you is, is probably the most important point of the entire episode. So pause on it for a moment and, and meditate on it or think on it a little bit if you, if you need to. Write it down maybe. Um, and that is that a great coach can effectively impact someone on a physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual level through everyday behaviors and beliefs in the realms of food, sleep, movement, and mindset. Okay? I'm going to say it again. A great coach can effectively impact someone on a physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual level through everyday behaviors and beliefs in the realms of food, sleep, movement, and mindset. Okay? So we call, you know, food, sleep, movement, and mindset, we call those the foundational four. And there isn't an aspect of, of uh, health that is not drastically impacted by seeking balance in these four categories, okay? Not achieving balance, seeking. Just the acts of actively seeking it is where we actually find the healing, okay? And we have other, you know, we talk about this at length in many other places. Um, but, and, and, and then the full details of how that all really works and how uh, this foundational fork can, you know, be used to address and heal all these areas uh, is beyond the scope of this episode uh, that's what our 023 certification and mentorship is all about. So I would need about two, two and a half hours a week for uh, 16 weeks to cover that point. Um, but, but the point is, when we understand this, we realize that we are capable of helping others on a level that goes far beyond what we previously imagined in our work. Okay, This is high-level coaching, high-level coaching, and it still falls within your scope. It still qualifies as fitness it still falls into that umbrella right if they're coming to you to get better they're coming to your gym they're coming to get better they're coming, they want to move and exercise and breathe and sweat then the naturally they'll want to learn more about nutrition and then sleep and then mindset right that's all still in this very much in the same ballpark so it means it's all very much within your scope 
So yes, fitness coaches can help heal. And because of the relationships and the format that, that we use on our day-to-day to, to, to work with our clients, we can really do it better than just about anybody else. Okay? And, you know, again, back to, you know, our knee-jerk reactions. When we hear the word healing, we tend to think of, th- like, you know, mystics or shamans or medicine men. Or like I said, like, advanced Western med- med- medical procedures and surgeries and things like that. And, you know, I'm not suggesting that you walk around referring to yourself as a healer, okay? That's not what I'm saying here. Um, that needs to be clear. It's, but it's not like that, okay? So let's define healing, okay? Um, so healing is actively working to transform the self at the most fundamental level and search for optimal health, wealth, and happiness. So actively working, okay? So it's a process to transform, I'm going to break this down in a moment, to transform the self at the most fundamental level and search for optimal health, wealth, and happiness. So if we're working towards healing, we have to recognize the pain, identify where it is stemming from, and work to address it at the root level. Okay, It is not making symptoms go away. It is not escaping or numbing them. This is what healing is. It's not a quick fix or a band-aid or a crash diet or a life hack or a shortcut. Healing must come from a place of love. Okay, That means being gentle with ourselves. It means forgiveness to us towards ourselves for how we got in the situation and the things that we do to perpetuate it. Okay, And it's truly believing that we deserve to feel better. Truly believing that I don't deserve to feel this way. I deserve to feel better. It's not beating ourselves up. It's not punishing ourselves because of what we ate or whatever. It's not being super restrictive and rigid. Okay? It's not what healing is. Healing is transformative. Okay? And there's uh, a a very interesting word that's come up a few times that I want to break down. The word transformation, transformative. Another word so commonly misunderstood in our industry. Another word that great coaches can use with with clarity and confidence because they fully understand what it means. And to understand what transformation means, we need to understand that there are two main ingredients. The main ingredients in transformation are, are changes in behavior driven by changes in beliefs, okay, or perspective shifts. Let me say that again. Transformation means there, two, there are two things happening. Major meaningful changes in behavior driven by substantial, significant, meaningful changes in beliefs and shifts in perspective and or can be used interchangeably. You've heard me say both ways. So what I mean is not only am I doing things differently, if I'm transforming, not only am I doing things differently, I'm doing them differently because I have a new understanding on the problem. I have a new perspective on the problem. I, I know why I've been suffering from it and how to move through it, okay? Just changing the behavior is not transformation. Just following orders, okay? So just, oh, my coach told me to do this, so I'm doing it. Or handing someone a meal plan or a macro prescription, okay? And just say, hey, do this. That's not transformation, okay? Even if you temporarily have changes in physical appearance or you know some things do get better and prove that that's fine that's good but it's not transformation unless you're 
you're seeing it differently and the uh, you're taking these actions because you understand it differently okay and more in this in, in, a, in a second um but healing is also about empowerment okay it's not about creating reliance or creating dependency okay healing is taking someone through that transformation and having them come out on the other side saying i got this i'm in control i'm in control i recognize the problem i acknowledge it i respect it but it doesn't own me and i don't need anyone else to solve it for me okay that's important i don't need anybody else to solve it for me it's empowering and along with that healing is not passive you don't get healed you heal yourself and in fact the process is where you actually heal and this is where we transform as a person okay so that means it's impossible to use shortcuts because it bypasses the process of transformation it also means that no one like i said can heal you but you okay and i'm going to talk more about that in a second but first i want to hit that process point again okay the process is where we actually heal it's where we transform it's where we change as a person that means small incremental changes in behavior the tiny shifts in our mindset as we connect our new behaviors to our new feelings okay and we begin having new experiences so we're starting to to feel and understand that when i do these things differently i start to feel different ways my life around me sort of unfolds differently okay causes and effects and we start to f- understand it and we have deeper emotional and spiritual development because we're starting to take care of ourselves better take better care of ourselves more self-care and as we move through our day making these decisions throughout the day that are either moving us forward or holding us back we're continually making the decisions that move us forward that align with the highest vision of ourselves the highest version of ourselves okay and when we do that we start to have those emotional and spiritual shifts because and this is why accountability is you know have you know we talk a lot about accountability in the course and and when and where it's appropriate and you know it's again misused and abused a lot in our um industry and it's mistaken for co- you know holding people accountable is mistaken for coaching which is not the same thing but um in this case accountability can be a really powerful tool to help somebody start because as they're moving through their day and we have these you know roughly dozen decisions or so a day bigger decisions that are moving us forward holding us back and as we're moving through those we're actively seeking taking the right action and doing the thing that aligns each of those times that's 10 12 times a day where we're telling our body i love you i care about you i'm here for you i'm taking care of you thank you thank you right it's 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 self love and what does the body do in return it it says i love you back right and how does it say, and that might sound weird but what what is the what does it feel like when the body's saying i love you it feels like energy it feels like happiness it feels like laughter it feels like endurance and stamina and sex drive and you know positive mindset and and all of these things inner peace okay that's what it feels like when the body says i love you back 
So that's why when people in accountability in just a few days or a day or two start feeling tremendously better, it's because emotionally and spiritually they're starting to align. Okay, and they're starting to heal. They're like, I do deserve to feel better. I can do this. I do love myself. Okay. So again, bringing this back into the the coaching, uh, you know, bringing back into the conversation. No one can heal you. Only you can heal yourself. And But however, people can help. People can still help, even though you only can heal yourself. And in fact, I believe that's impossible to heal on your own. So when you might have been saying, well, what's what am I? what can I do as a coach if people can only heal themselves? This is where we need people. This is where we turn to coaches and teachers and mentors and family and friends. Okay? Um, it's impossible to heal in isolation on your own. We need that communal feelings. We need that tribal feelings. We need other, we need to be able to receive, give and receive love and care. Okay? Um, as a coach, you can help them identify and recognize the causes, right? And demonstrate how certain behaviors are resulting in certain feelings and, and specific problems. You can guide them towards a new understanding, okay? A new understanding and ignite those changes in beliefs and perspectives that we talked about. So you can also play a huge role in behavior change, not by handing them instructions to follow, like we said, but helping them bring awareness and intention to their everyday behaviors and routines, their habits and routines, things that they do over and over and over and over. Attention and awareness and intention. Learn how to observe themselves. And I'm also here to remind you today that you are the best person in their life to help with this. Okay? And why? Well, we have to remember as coaches, one, you are the most influential health figure in their life. They trust you. They look up to you. They've had success with you already. They see you frequently. They know you uh, probably beyond just a transactional level. You know them beyond a transactional level. Um, they also know that you care about them and they know that you will commit Okay, caring is a requirement for healing. You have to care about yourself and the healing, and you have to have others who care about your healing as well. Right? This is why intuitively we know when we go to a doctor's office where something doesn't feel right, we're in a doctor, we're sitting in the waiting room, and we're waiting and waiting, and somebody comes to, you know, someone comes out from the room uh, behind the desk and says, Brian, is there a Brian? I'm like, yeah, huh, right here, like right next to you doesn't know me, you know, brings you into the doctor's office, you're sitting there and you're waiting. Doctor comes in, head down, you know, right into the folder. Hey, you know, quick introduction, you know, boom, right to the folder. Doesn't know anything about you. Doesn't, they don't have a vested interest in your, in your healing because they don't know you. Right. So when we talked about suffering, we said it affects, negatively affects ourselves and the people around us, other people. Okay. And this, our, our suffering doesn't affect them at all, at all. We're just in the next name on the list, okay? So the point is, intuitively, as humans, we know in those situations, even if we can't put our finger on it, we know this is not a healing environment. I'm not, I'm not gonna, nothing's going to happen here. I'm not going to get, nothing's going to progress here. 
right? But the coaching relationship looks a lot different, okay? There's there's deeper connection, especially if you've already been working with clients um, previously in, in a fitness setting or whatever it may be for uh, months, weeks, months, years, whatever it is, okay? Um, so anyway, yeah, side tangent, caring is a requirement for healing. And then, of course, the question we always ask, too, is if not you, then who? Okay, again, who's going to analyze their daily actions and habits? Who's going to educate them on the why behind their issues and the how on fixing them? And who is going to help them really get to the root, right? And not just try to relieve them of their symptoms, but actually get to the root problems and, and face them head on. No one else can ha- offer that kind of time or space or energy like you can. Okay? Like the example I just gave, like th- that setting doesn't offer any time, space, or energy to, to go through that kind of process. And, you know, who's going to em- empower them and put them firmly in the driver's seat? See, right now there are, uh, you know, again, we talked about empowering them and putting them in the driver's seat where they don't need a prescription every month. They don't need someone else. They're not relying. You put them back where they belong in full control of their lives. Okay? And so those are, you know, why I believe the coaches are the best people in their life to help with this. You know, right now, there are tons of awesome coaches out there. CrossFit coaches or similar, that, and they have immense abilities in what they do. And they were likely better than most of the other coaches or fitness-related professionals in their local market. The problem is, even being way better at coaching group fitness classes or writing remote programming or whatever it is, is only going to lead to marginally better results for their clients. Okay? So you could be the best, you know, and I experienced, not to be like, I'm the best coach, but like I was, you know, CrossFit level three, had every, you know, certification on the sun, had been every workshop, you know, I was, you know, a, a full head above most of my peers when I was in this realm. But my ability to make life-changing transformation in a group setting or even one-on-one setting in an hour a day focusing on fitness was just incredibly limited. That the, you know, the level one coach who's been, you know, maybe six months to a year of experience who, yes, oh, no, couldn't do as good of a job, but could still do almost as good of a job because that's just the way, you know, that's in, in that format, that's what happens. Um, but anyway, you know, they're, so they're, 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 you're way better at these things, but only marginally better results are showing because of it. And along with that, it's so loud and crowded in this space that they, these coaches, they get drowned out. And they have no way of clearly differentiating themselves. Other than just like uh, being better at the fitness stuff, which doesn't really matter like that, that much, like we said, in terms of impact or income. And it's definitely hard to demonstrate for, and through marketing messaging. So... Even even with this going on, most coaches continue to do the same things. And well, I, I you know I do it better. I'm the I'm I'm the best fitness coach around. I'm you know I'm whatever certified. I you know understand the energy systems or I competitive I've done competitor programming or whatever. You know they'll say things like that or you know well these people don't listen to me or you know these other coaches they're ruining for everybody with undercutting and this and that and like whatever. And there may be some merit to some of these things, but you know it's pointing fingers and it's blaming others. But the ones who are sick and tired of that and they've had enough of that BS instead of pointing and blaming 
the ones that are truly ready to position themselves at the top of the industry as an expert, as a health professional, they're the ones that are moving more and more towards this next level of coaching. Uh, see, once you can adopt these, uh, this new perspective on suffering, you will soon begin to recognize it in everyone very, very easily and realize how much it is actually hurting them. And it just becomes clear that everyone is living a different version of the same story, really. Um, and that means every time you yourself start to work through your own physical, mental, emotional issues and come out better on the other side, you're simultaneously increasing your ability to help others in the same way do the same thing. And once you build the fundamental understanding of how to address it systematically, you can now help others recognize it in themselves and inspire them to actually take action because you have a system and you have the confidence and you know what the process looks like. And finally, once you have a system, like I said, that can guide someone through this life-changing transformation with structure and sequence and assessments and progressions and everything that you know is necessary for high-level coaching, you're able to step into your shoes as a true health professional. And with this system comes the clarity on exactly who you can help, exactly how you can help them, on what level, and exactly what the process looks like. And with that clarity comes the confidence and your ability to bring success, your confidence to bring real transformation. And with the clarity and confidence, you naturally begin to establish command within the industry as an authority. Okay, And those are the three C's of high-ticket coaching that we always talk about. Clarity, confidence, command. And they build on each other in that order. And this is the answer. And not because it's the new thing or the latest trend or a clever idea. Oh, the other 23 hours, oh, I wish I thought of that no, it's because it's bigger and it's more valuable and the world needs it right now more than ever before. This was born out of necessity, out of a need. The people in your gym are suffering. They come to you to better themselves. They come to you to make the most out of this life, to be healthy, to be happy. And they will go, they will go exactly as far as you are willing to take them, okay? The limits to their success are equivalent to the limits in which you as the coach are willing to help. And I want to pause on that and even repeat it, actually. They will go exactly as far as you are willing to take them. The limits to their success are equivalent to the limits in which the coach is willing to help. So wherever you decide to stop is exactly where their progress stops. The decision is yours. And where that progress stops. And how much you're willing to uh, change lives. How far you're willing to go for them. For yourself and for them. So to conclude, I think it's necessary to say that you should not be walking around to people saying... You're suffering. I can heal you. Okay. That's not how the conversation would go down at all. It's actually like the opposite of what these kind of conversations look like. Okay. And because remember, you're not actually healing them, they're healing themselves. And most importantly, the goal isn't actually helping them heal, the goal isn't empowering them with the formula and the capabilities to heal themselves now and forever. It's not about fixing these problems now, it's about equipping them and empowering them with the formula 
to be able to do this moving from you know now and moving forward to be in the fully in the driver's seat of their life and fully in control of their health and happiness and we do this by enlightening them on the fundamental principles of the human being the human being as a whole holistically and helping them transform into a higher version of themselves the highest version of themselves okay not just someone that eats better because you gave them a meal plan to follow that they become a person who wants to eat better because of the elevated state it brings them to and that they are aware of the effects and, and that state and the power in that nutrition and nourishment. That they, they want to actually go to sleep earlier for the same reasons. They want to watch less TV and less social media to protect their mind state. They want to take early morning walks as the sun's coming up. They want to meditate and journal. They want to move their body freely and frequently and express it in all different ways. And they want all this because you've helped them experience these gifts and have enlightened them on the power of bringing awareness and intention into their lives. Okay? And because if you don't do it, nobody will. Like we always ask, if not you, then who? If not you, then who? And on that note, consider this an open invitation to answer the call to a new level of coaching. The chances are if you're listening to the show, you've felt these urges already. You're being called. And here at 023, we are building a new breed of coach. It requires nothing more than just a firm decision, a decision to have bigger impact and make bigger income doing it. Okay, and it's the simple, that decision is as simple as two words. Okay, two, two different words this time. These two words, very simple. I'm ready. This is the only requirement to making the jump to the next level. I'm ready. And when you're ready to say those two words, we're ready to have you. Let's go. There it is, folks. That's my thoughts. That's my share on suffering, healing, and the future of fitness coaches in the health revolution. As I mentioned, the decision to move forward, the decision to make the jump to the next level is nothing more than a decision. It's a conscious decision. It's a declaration. It's an I'm ready. Doesn't matter what certs you have. Doesn't matter what letters are next to your name. All that matters is you're ready to go bigger. That you're ready to help people on a bigger level in a time where the world needs it more than ever. And you're ready to solidify yourself as a true health professional that can make major impact on their clients and major income for themselves. If you're ready to answer that call, you know where to find me. Brian at 023coach.com. We'll book a short call. Tell me all about your vision, where you're going, where you are now, where you want to go, and what's standing in the way. If I think we can help you get through what's standing in the way, we'll talk about what it looks like to work in our 023 mentorship. If not you, then who? If not now, then when? 2021, let's go. 